I'm back. Yay! Sitting right opposite <laughs> you, not at the other side of the world where I changed. Fantastic. Hopefully you'll stay in Australia for at least another couple of weeks, Jimmy. A couple of weeks, <laughs> if they'll still have me. Uh, I think you probably won't want to go away for a little while now. No, no. Three international flights in as many months is just too much. Or well, six, if you're talking about going yeah, there and six. back again, of yeah, course. Yeah, I did yeah. come back, yes. Too I much. Did. All right. Today, what have we got, Sue? We're talking about Susan Lloyd Horowitz, who uh, was the head of Mervac, talking about what she, how she feels we can solve the housing crisis. Yep. And we're talking about a different way of investing in properties to yep. try and solve the rental shortages. Yep. We're talking about Airbnb, an interesting admission from Airbnb. Yep. And we're talking about Alex Greenwich in Sydney, who is um, proposing a change with tenancy bonds to help yep. renters as well. Okay, well, that's a lot to be getting on with. Uh, we'd better get down to it. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. Susan Lloyd Horowitz. I know that name. Where do I know that name from? Yeah, she used to be CEO of Mervac, and she's she was there for a number of years. And she she was kind of incredibly innovative, especially in the sustainable area. Yeah. And also, she started a lot of build to rent. I mean, Mervac was the first developer to go into build to rent in a big way. Yeah. And she was very convinced that that was a way for the future. Right. So um, she was she's an extraordinary woman, really. She's now left. Mervac, and she's uh-huh. now advising the Prime Minister on how to fix the housing shortage. Well, and no you better think, person, I think. Well, that's right. You kind of think they've chosen a, a good expert this time, really. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and what kind of things is she suggesting? She says she favours curbs on negative gearing. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you know, that, that poisonous chalice again, really. Yep. And capital gains tax deductions. Curbs so, on them. Yes. So she it's kind of... A, you know, different to what Anthony Albanese has been saying for a while. Really. Like opposite, almost. He, yeah, he he ruled out that those kind of policies um, after Labour lost the 2019 election. Yes. But now she's kind of reviving that idea, I think, as well. Yeah. She believes that um, negative gearing and capital gains tax concessions do contribute to Australians investing in real estate for capital gains rather than for income. Right. And she thinks it could there could help the limits around those concessions um, because we don't really want speculative investment in real estate for capital gains purposes. We want kind of stabilised um, income gains right. f- for investors, really. That, yep. and, and that would create a much less volatile market as well. Now, I mean, the thing that occurs to me is while I totally agree with getting rid of negative gearing, what occurs to me is that – Negative gearing exists so that people can basically take less in rent than they pay in mortgages. Mm. Doesn't isn't this going to push rents up even further, or will it push house prices down? One would imagine it would push prices down a bit. Really, negative gearing in lots of ways is quite crazy. I mean, why would you make an investment on which you plan to lose money, yeah, and then recoup the money from elsewhere? Right. That money that you're recouping could be used by the government to invest in more housing. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, 
the only thing that's going to solve this housing crisis is if the government suddenly becomes much more proactive about building houses themselves, yeah. building apartments themselves, yeah. and working with developers yeah. and kind of revising much of the red tape, which is strangling, I think, lots of developers. We need, obviously, proper controls around quality. development. We need quality controls. Yes. But somebody I know is trying to build an apartment, a very, very small complex somewhere in in Sydney, and he's been waiting two and a half years to get an answer for to his DA, to his development application. Right. I mean, that, that seems to be crazy, really. Absolutely. Why can't that be rushed through? Well, I mean, especially today when we need more apartments. But if you're talking about inner Sydney, you're talking about lots of NIMBYs around saying, mm. yeah, we don't want this. Yeah, but in the inner city, they're kind of infill projects. So they're, they're kind of converting old warehouses or mm. factories or mm. unused space into into housing and hopefully making much better use of that space. You know, mm. if it's smartly designed and well-located, that's going to be really popular. But, yeah, nimbyism. Yeah, know, well, I think yeah, any, anything that hasn't been burned down by small boys is a game for being renovated oh, and turned into apartments, I mm. think. Yeah, because Susan Lloyd Horowitz has been saying as well, we just don't build enough places for people to live in the right places. Right. And, I mean, we are looking much more now at building apartments over rail stations, over yep. shopping centres, yep. that kind of thing, which is great. And people who live in those kind of places love it because they're so convenient. Yeah. But um, we just need to do more of that, really. Yeah. I mean, there's a massive plan to build a huge complex over Central Station, I think, mm, yeah. which will be huge. Mm, yeah. It'd be handy for transport, but then you're already there. So <laughs> see how that one pans out. I think it's. A, I got a feeling it's like the fast rail from Brisbane to Canberra and Melbourne. It's a great idea that never gets off the ground. Hmm. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you could maybe invest in property without actually owning a flat or a house. That's after this. So, Jimmy, what's this new idea and where does it come from? Well, actually, it's not a very new idea because I remember floating that idea on this very podcast. Oh, so it was your idea I think originally. It's my idea, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much my idea. So, a gentleman um, whose name uh, escapes me because I didn't Evan write Evan Thornley. It. Evan Thornley, former Victorian MP and now a, a member of the board of a company called Long Longview. Longview. And he is taking a long view to uh, property development and property investment and saying what we need is more companies that are set up to develop property and invest in property so that investors can invest in those companies mm. without actually owning a property themselves. I think that sounds a great idea because I'd like to have um, a stake in some investment property, but I don't want to spend a million dollars on an investment unit. Yeah. So I'd I'd be happy to spend, well, if I had it, two hundred thousand or one hundred thousand yep. or fifty thousand on buying kind of shares in investment property. Really, yep. that's yep. the idea, isn't it? Really. Yeah, and also when you've got a big company like Longview or whatever the comp- companies are that they're suggesting going along to a developer and saying, okay, we want an eight-story building with 60 apartments in it. And by the way, don't even 
dream about cutting corners on the quality mm. because we're not going to stand for it. That's a lot different from, you know, Joe Blow turning up and saying, I want to buy a property off the plan and then hoping that he doesn't get screwed on it. That's right. So those companies will be able to check the quality and they'll be in a much better position. I mean, developers won't try and um, mess around with them because they're going to, because if they do a good job, then that same company is going to come back and say, okay, we've got another project here. How about Mm. it? Sounds like a great idea. I wonder if they're also talking about moving into existing properties and taking them into their portfolio. Oh, that would be interesting too. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of people want to invest in build to rent. Yeah. But And it's kind of interesting because it's institutions who are investing in build to rent, really. Yeah. So you can take shares in those institutions or leave your money with those, but you can't actually physically – Invest in build to rent. You can't say, "Oh, I've got." Oh, a yeah, quarter I've got of this amount. Yeah, in, in that's that. right. Yeah, because and you could also find that they're investing in things that you don't want, mm. like puppy farms and, and coal logging. mines, <laughs> logging, <laughs> logging ancient forests. Yes, so um, I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, it, I mean, it would require a huge overhaul of the system, but why not? So that story was in the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, hopefully, if you have a subscription, you can read it. If you don't have a subscription, you can use up your free story <laughs> allowance to have a look at it. But I think it's a really interesting mm. concept. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about the confession, admission, apology from the founder of Airbnb. That's after this. Okay, everybody knows by now that I have a track record of dumping on Airbnb. Mm, With good reasons. I think they know this too. I think they've got my name. (laughs) A red flag comes up against my name every time I even look at a property somewhere. And the reason for that is basically because of what they've done to so many cities around the world by pretending that what they're selling is sharing your home like renting a room in your home to a visitor so that they can come and have a nice time and you can show them around and show them your mm. favorite cafe. And it's turned into this monstrous money-making money operation, ma- yeah, really. Which uh, has basically emptied out flats in cities all over the world, created this what's called a donut effect in the middle of, of a lot of cities where all the people who live and work or used to live and work there have had to move out because they've been kicked out of their flats so they can go on Airbnb so that the landlords can make a lot more money. Now, recently, um, Brian Chesky was interviewed for a short-term rental magazine thing. I think it's called Skiff or something. I'll put the link on. And this was picked up by a travel writer at the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, Lee Tullett, who said that, that he regrets the way Airbnb has turned out and they're changing it all. And they've got a new thing where they're promoting what was their original idea, which is staying in someone's a room in their house. And everything's got to be nice and lovely again. And he's a bit guilty about it all. She used the phrase that the brand Airbnb has become poisonous in certain areas, which I think is true. Certainly, they have a problem in Paris and London, and they're trying to find ways to restrict it. What do you think, Sue? Is this it's like sports washing? I think I think you said it's <laughs> airbrushing. <laughs> yeah, look, I think when Airbnb started up, 
10 years ago, I stayed in somebody's house in, um, was their apartment really, in Melbourne when I was doing the book on Father Bob Maguire. Yeah. The late Father Bob Maguire. And I stayed with her for a couple of months when yeah. I, in Melbourne when I was researching that book and doing a series of interviews. And it was fantastic. You know, we'd often have dinner at night together. Yeah. Um, she'd tell me the good places to shop and to go at, when I had time off. Yeah. And um, we'd eat breakfast in the morning. And her father got sick halfway through and um, she just left me in the place on my own and, and asked me if I'd put out the bins and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> right. I was very happy to do that. And we became really good friends. And yeah. that was a fantastic experience of Airbnb. And I've never had a great experience since, really, because the system has changed so completely. Yeah. And it's it's very sad. I mean, that was a great way for things to to work out. See, I've had the opposite experience. Uh, when I was researching my last book, I went to Saigon, stay in Saigon, and I found this apartment so close to the cathedral. I mean, it's like half a block from the cathedral, so it couldn't be more central. But it struck me after a couple of days that normally Vietnamese people are so friendly and they'll always say hello when you pass. And the people who lived in it was kind of like a laneway, you know, it was like a horseshoe-shaped building with a gate at the end. And in the morning, they'd all come out and they'd have their little stalls for food and things like that. And they never smiled, not once, all the time I was there. And the second day, they started renovating, somebody started renovating the flat next door. And it was quite obvious. In fact, by the end of the week, somebody had moved in. It was being converted to Airbnb. Mm. And the other people who were still there were looking at me and thinking, yeah, we'll be next. We're going to mm. lose our home because of people like this guy. Right. Oh, and how uncomfortable. I, and I moved out. Mm. And the funny thing is, this is why I think there's a red flag against my name. I I wrote to the, the host and said, look, I'm not looking for a refund. I'm moving out. I'm going to go and stay in a hotel because this is really uncomfortable. And I'm... You know, just to let you know that you're going to have to come and pick up the keys. Within about 20 minutes, my phone pinged and it was a refund from Airbnb. Wow. And within the hour, an Uber had arrived to take me to the hotel at their cost. Wow. So I thought... That's strange, isn't it? Very strange. I don't Mm. think everybody gets that treatment. Mm. But it made me... But that, that experience made me very wary... It made me realise in a in a very real sense how Airbnb is getting ordinary people kicked out of homes, you know, and families. We're talking about families. These people, there, were, there was two or three adults and two or three children living in this fairly small flat. And obviously they're going to have to move out of the city mm. because somebody wants to put tourists in their property. Oh, that's horrible, isn't it, really? So, Mr. Chesky, your airbrushing has come a bit late, mate. You know, you... Where were you thinking? Didn't you not notice that your company was Mm. getting people kicked out of their homes? And here's another thing. One of the things he could have done as CEO of Airbnb is say, we'll open our books. We'll let academics or or lawyers or whatever look at our books and see how many apartments, we whole home apartments and houses we really are renting out. Could have done that years and years ago, Mm. but they always use this fairly pathetic excuse that there was privacy issues involved. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, nice to come to the party at last, but he's not really making any changes. He's actually just expanding the way backwards. He's doing a reverse expansion to what 
Airbnb mm. was supposedly intended, I think actually genuinely intended to be to begin with. Mm. But uh, maybe put some of those squillions that you've earned into <laughs> helping the people that you've moved, you've forced out of their homes. How yeah, about that? Absolutely. That would yeah. be a nice thing to do, wouldn't yeah. it? And it's really interesting. Places like Noosa, Noosa Heads, um, unit prices have gone up by the most out of the whole country um, over the last five years. The median price has now gone up 179.5% in five years. And I was talking to a real estate agent and saying, why why is it going up so much? I mean, obviously during COVID, lots of people yep. went there for a tree change. It's a really popular place. It's a great place. Sea change. Yeah. And one of the big things he said is that the Noosa town plan changed and the council banned a lot of houses from being used on short-term renting platforms like Airbnb. Yeah. So – then people stopped buying houses and instead just bought apartments to use for Airbnb instead. Right. So you just transferred the problem from houses to apartments. And the weird As thing, if apartment dwellers are second-class citizens and well, it doesn't we know matter that so much they think for, them, that. for them. But in fact, a lot of councils have, uh, you know, when they give permits for apartment blocks, even in Queensland, you get a certain permit that says this is not for short-term letting. But the councils don't enforce them. Mm. What they do have though, is their hotline. Have you, you know about this? We've discussed it in the past. Oh, yeah. So what you, you've got a number. You've got to register your property if you're going to put it on short-term rentals. And your tenants are given – or sorry, the neighbours are given a, a number. And if there's a disturbance, they call that. But you've also got to register as the host somebody who lives within 30 minutes of the mm. property who will come and investigate – if there yep. are any complaints. So what happens is you phone the hotline, the hotline fo- phones the registered person, they come and check out what the noise is. But the next day, the people running the hotline phone the people who made the complaint and say, okay, what happened? Yeah, sure. And are you satisfied with the resolution? Yeah, and I don't know what's happened after that. I'd love to hear from somebody in Noosa uh, if this is actually <laughs> working or not. But it mm. sounds like a good idea. Mm, sure is, yeah. Right. And before we go, talking about renters, our friend Alex Greenwich, the MP for Sydney, has been involved in formulating a new law for the state to do with renters. Yep. What's that? And what they're trying to get passed is a law that allows bonds to be transferable. So you go into your first apartment as a renter, you put down your bond money, and that gets registered somewhere. And then you, you want to go and live in another apartment. And instead of having to go to the first... Claim your bond back. Yeah, and hope that the landlord isn't a dickhead and isn't going to claim <laughs> that you damaged mm. the property when you didn't. And then you get some of your money back and then you've got to put it in again. He's saying, we want this law where you put your bond in once and it transfers from property to property. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? And you I mean, kind I can of think, see, well, why didn't that happen before? Because uh, it's for tenants. And <laughs> they, if, if, if apartment owners are second class t- citizens, then tenants must be way down mm. the, the scale as far as politicians are concerned. But that's a great idea, Alex. Yeah, well, well done. done. Well yeah. done, Alex. Yeah. Mm. Um, and we hope it gets through because, well, we've got a Labour government. I wouldn't call them socialist by any stretch of the imagination. They're kind of slightly less right-wing than the previous Mm -hmm. guys. 
But this makes perfect sense and it will just make life a little bit easier for people who are struggling to find somewhere to rent. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. Have we solved enough of the world's problems? Yep. I think we're we're on we're on the, on road. the right track. <laughs> okay. Right. So thank you very much. Thanks for letting me come home. No. Well, look. Thank Thanks. you for coming home. Thanks Gosh. for picking me up from the airport. And uh, pleasure. And thank you all for listening. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website flatchat.com.au and if you haven't already done so you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher or your favourite podcatcher just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again talk to you again next week